sometimes to innovate, you've got to you've got to be able to let kids and adults, for that matter, play in the sandbox. And so, for example, I've had lots of teachers who have come to me and they have a slight interest, but their first question is always, "Well, how does it fit into my curriculum?" And my answer to them is, "You know what? Let let kids play in there. They'll figure it out." Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Today, I have on classroom teacher Craig Frolic. Craig has been a teacher for over 20 years and is currently a middle school teacher at an independent school, Strathcona Tweedsmuir. If I'm butchering that, Craig, apologies. It is in Alberta, Canada. And one of the things I was excited about is that um, I came across some of Craig's work and he was doing some really interesting things in virtual reality at his school and i thought man first of all how how neat is that because he's in kind of a rural area in canada and the fact that he's dealing with a lot of really cool innovative things at the vr level i wanted to have him on the show so this is a lively conversation that i thoroughly loved and just a great opportunity to spotlight a teacher that is making a difference and kind of pushing the boundaries so he gives his contact information at the end. I highly recommend it if you are a teacher or a parent and you are interested in VR, I'm telling you, get with this guy. He knows what he's talking about. As always, thank you so much for already passing this along. If you have, if you haven't yet, well, what the heck is stopping you? Make sure you hit the subscribe button. That's how we grow. And also when you share it, that is like gold to us. Lastly, we've gotten so many guests because we get recommendations. Uh, people like Craig have been a recommendation on the show. So uh, we have a Friday segment that features great classroom teachers. If you know of a classroom teacher that is doing cool, innovative things, I mean, like out there kind of stuff, we'd love to feature them. You can always contact me, Don, at startedupinnovation.com, or better yet, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash startedup, all one word. All right, guys, thank you so much. I know you're going to enjoy this one, share this one, all that good stuff. So without further ado, Craig Frolic. All right, so now we're joined with Craig Frolic. Craig, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome, Don. I'm glad to be here. All right, so one of the things that I've really enjoyed is uh, giving a spotlight to teachers who are doing unusual and or innovative things in the classroom. And so I came across some of your work, and we had talked um, tell us a little bit about some of the VR stuff you guys are doing, because I really think that VR has got a, an interesting niche and uh, would love to hear more about what you're doing. Sure, I'd be glad to. I think I'll take a step back and just sort of share my journey on why I felt like I needed to dive into the world of VR as it applies to school and in the classroom. So my son and I were, uh, my son's 16, and we were walking through the mall here and uh, he saw the Microsoft store and said, dad, we got to stop and just check this out. They had an HTC Vive sort of sitting at the front and he said, let's, let's do this. Let's see what this is like. And I was a little skeptical. I'm pretty, you know, techno motivated and I really like gadgets and stuff, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, the VR wasn't appealing to me, but he forced me in there. And so we signed a whole bunch of waivers and forms and away we went. And once I put on that headset, especially with, uh, some of the big players like HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift, it is like you are in a whole new world. So the immersiveness just really stuck with me and, and same with my son. And so we drove home that, that day from the mall and him and I both must have talked for about an hour on the commute back home about how great this would be for kids and uh, education in general. Yeah. And one thing that I, I love is well, 
actually, I, I should start this off. Tell everybody where you're located. And there's a reason why I want you to say that. So I'm up north here in lovely, cold Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Right. So, uh, and, and please, uh, what school are you at? Uh, our school is an independent school. So it's out in the country. So it's called Strathcona Tweezmere School. Okay. And the reason why I wanted to do that is that the thing I love about technology is obviously you don't have to be anywhere specific. You don't need to be in San Francisco. You don't need to be in LA, New York. You're going to be out in the far reaches of Canada. That's fine. And on the VR side is, yeah, like no matter where you are, you're in this new immersive reality. So I loved to, to state that obvious. Um, so, okay. So you're, you're, you and your son, all of a sudden you're like, dude, this is cool. This is awesome. When all of a sudden did you think, I need to bring this to school. Uh, would have been within a week. We came back to, you know, I think that was the weekend. So we came back to school on Monday and I was, uh, I teach a grade 10 design class and I, I teach grade nine design as well. And so I was sharing with the kids just sort of YouTube clips of some of these Vive uh, YouTube clips. And I had one boy in particular who, you know, was really enthralled right away. And he came at lunch and started talking to me about this. Little did I know that his parents were incredibly wealthy. And so he went home and convinced his parents that they should donate uh, three HTC Vives to our school, just gifted. So within weeks, this is how, this is the beauty of independent or small little private schools. You know, in a big sort of school district, this probably wouldn't have happened because of the paperwork. But within weeks, I was headed to the Microsoft store, quickly bought three units, had that particular kid help me set up sort of VR ready computers that had big graphic cards so we could run uh, the frame rate that they needed. And away we went. And so the first thing we did was we started, we started playing, you know, appropriate games, not shoot them up, bang them up games, but like puzzles or problem solving games. Like one is called form form is amazing. The, the audio and the graphics. So I did this within class and just started asking the kids, like, where do we go from here? And it was more or less a lot of the students, especially my grade 10 students who started thinking, you know, this could be like an empathy machine. This one girl said, like, wow, we do a project where they have to redesign the Indian train system because it's way too overcrowded. And so they use a laser cutter and they create like a model, architectural model of a new Indian train. So the kids started thinking, like, what if we could use, because there's Google Earth VR, what if we could travel through, and sure enough, they had like footage of what it looked like in Mumbai, the train station, in Google Earth VR. So there the kids are donning those headsets, looking at sort of what the train stations look like. You could kind of walk sort of different streets in VR, in Google Earth VR, to see what it looked like in Mumbai. So it's the kids, you know, I learned that from some of your podcasts. It's the kids that are starting to come up with amazing ideas of how these VR units can be used in the classroom. And I'm sort of there for the ride. So give me some other, for instances, I mean, what are some of the things you're starting to see come out of it? And because, because I know there's going to be a lot of teachers um, listening to this. And, and first of all, you've already hit them with really interesting things. Cause I think a lot of teachers are like, Oh, okay. I buy some VR and they're going to play shoot 'em up games and that's it. And it's going to be a huge, you know, expense for them to play, you know, space invaders. I'm showing my age. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, cause, cause that's the, the hard thing. Like, like, where do you see this possibly going um, for the average school to make this an educational piece? So 
we do, we don't call them passion projects here, but our students have to do, it's called a personal project. So in a personal project, they basically have to pick something that they're interested and passionate about. And they get a mentor and they work through this passion project. So one student who went through my VR club came up with the idea that maybe, you know, you could cure a fear through VR. So what he did was he, he didn't know coding yet, but he found a program called Modbox where you can basically build VR environments. And it's, it's almost, it's drag and drop, you know, you pick, uh, icons and entities, so you don't really have to know high-end coding to do this. So he created three separate rooms where there was this uh, increase in height. And so then he invited people to test them to see if he could get their heart rate lower and lower over a series of tests and see if he could use VR to help cure uh, fear of heights. And so he had four or five different adults and uh, I talked to them the other day, looked a bit at his data and, you know, he, he had them don like a heart rate monitor watch that just sort of gave, you know, every minute sort of recorded their, their heart rate over time. And sure enough, his data was pretty neat. It was by the time someone did this over seven uh, successive days, their heart rate was coming down in the VR room. Mm, I like that. <laughs> okay, so I, I like all these um, these stories because I, I'm, I'm until people start hearing stories of more than just gaming. That's that's you know you're not going to win hearts and minds. Um, so uh, talk to me a little bit about the expense. I mean, obviously, um, I'm a big fan of you know people finding a way, and obviously you guys found a way through through a donor. Um, but g- give people an idea of what they might be up against if they wanted to go with an Oculus or an HTC Vive. Uh, good question. So the, the biggest expense becomes the, the graphics card that you need to outfit a computer with. So you could take your existing laptop and then buy an ex- external graphics card. You, you know, I don't want to get into too much computer babble, but you, know, you need something like a, a GTX 1060, which is a, a company that makes graphics cards. So the expense for that is about 500 plus the laptop. So what we did was, you know, for us in Canadian dollars, it cost us 1800 Canadian dollars to get the computer. And then the HTC Vive in Canadian dollars was 850. Okay. Um, and then what kind of, um, and I'm not trying to get too technical either, uh, but the, the, you know, a kind of a decent computer to support it. Um, what would you recommend? Uh, Dell makes a good computer. That, sorry about that. Dell makes a good computer that uh, would support it. We, you know, again, this is where the beauty of schools. I have lots of kid students who yes, their own. So that's what I did. Was you know, we have something called Memory Express here in Canada. Memory Express basically sells computer parts, and they're really helpful. So you can build your own computer and. You know, when I heard this kid tell me this, I was a little bit freaked out because I thought building a computer was only for someone like in university or with a PhD or, you know, incredibly knowledgeable, but it's become so easy. So I had my students help me spec out what needed to be. We bought it from Memory Express at a fairly reasonable price. And the kids helped me build these computers that were ready to be hard. 
Yeah, I, I I love that just because that's that's the same way we did um, the way we we did our gaming club uh, and eventually gaming team is that you know I didn't want it to simply buy a gaming computer that was already assembled like an Alienware and then actually I shouldn't knock I mean like that's fine but what, I, what we really wanted to do was make it an educational experience to where you know the students put it together themselves you know they found a good graphics card they found a good processor they found a good and then they assembled it because that was Heck, that was part of the fun. And, and like you said, you know, your point is a lot of these kids already find it fun. Because yeah. I talked to so many teachers like, oh, I'm not that techie. I'm like, you don't have to be. Like, like, like believe me, yours, some of your students are that techie and they will love it if you run with them. Um, I'm, 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 I'm borrowing this quote from uh, Dr. Tina Selig and she's among my favorite persons ever. Uh, but her quote was, when the students feel like they should have keys to the building, you're on to something. Like if they're like, Hey, look, I want to make this happen. You know, if you buy the stuff, I'll help and I'll kind of take over and I'll take ownership. That's, you know, that's what is, you know, that's where it's at. And I can already tell, you know, when we exchange emails, that's kind of a situation you have going on at your school. You may not necessarily be the expert. You know, you had a passion and you, you and your son had a like a, Oh, this is cool. But it seems like you've had some student leadership step in and say, this could be so much more. And you know what, Don, and the other word that needs to be thrown in there that I think more of us need to embrace, and that is that trust that everything's going to be okay. Like, trust that, you know, these kids are, the computer's going to work and it's going to run and trust that they do know what they're doing. Yeah, well, and, and well, let's unpack that. I mean, because you're right, trust goes both ways. And, and I've seen... I remember years ago, uh, and I'll give credit where credit's due, uh, Eric Schettinger was one of the guys that kind of nationally said, hey, trust your students to use Twitter at school. And people were like, are you kidding? All the bad things they will do. And you're like, yeah, but all the good things they could do. And like, I, I pointed this out several times. People were like, oh, social media is so dangerous. I'm like, no, a car is dangerous. <laughs> But we train our students how to use you know, a car properly, and they can be a tool for good you know, sometimes when you have something like, hey, let's learn VR. Well, what teacher here is credentialed in VR? None of them. Yeah. Well, and we're going to trust that the students are, yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> because they know more than you. And then when they're, and, and they're, they're going to be shocked and amazed that, hey, I trust that you're going to do the right thing. I trust that if I'm going to drop, a, you know, $1,500, that you're not going to use it as a paperweight. And I trust that you're going to bring uh, a bigger process or a bigger movement than just you and I. Matter of fact, that's one of the things I love about this, you know, my class, we always have a, this, our rule of thirds and our rule of thirds are simple. Number one, are you passionate about it? Well, that's where most genius hour, a lot of passion projects start and end. Are you passionate about it? Who cares? That's just step one. Step two is what skills are you going to acquire? Not skills you already know, but what skills are you going to acquire on top of? And then the last one is, and my favorite, you know, who does it serve other than you? So, you know, you and your son, I like VR. I'm passionate about it. Check. Dude, we could learn so much from this. This is going to be a, this is going to be such a cool opportunity. Skills acquisition. Check. Step three. A lot of people could benefit from this in school. Hmm. Step three. Check. And I, I think that's having those three, like, you know, now that Genius Hour is exploding and, and people are taking it more seriously, I really like to push back on the whole, am I passionate about it being the be all end all? Uh, because all these things kind of come to pass. You know, you're working on something because it's bigger than you. And, some, um, and, and, and 
go ahead. Sometimes to innovate, you've got to you've got to be able to let kids and adults, for that matter, play in the sandbox. And so, for example, I've had lots of teachers who have come to me and they have a slight interest, but their first question is always, "Well, how does it fit into my curriculum?" And my answer to them is, "You know what? Let let kids play in there. They'll figure it out." Right. Yeah. Well, and, and so their fear is is like, what if? Well, first of all, <laughs> their fear is fear. Let's get that established that a lot of times just fear of unknown is the thing. Um, but the fear is, is that they're going to do nothing. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, having skin in the game is so important. Like, you know, Hey, I, this class, you know, my, my unusual innovation class is exhausting because I still get some students that like they're doing it for the grade. And so that means they'll just do it to the very minimum so they can get that, that grade and that's it. And, and like to your point of, of giving them the sandbox, also giving them the whole, you're on a mission here, kid. Like letting them know, like I, this school just dropped 1500 bucks because they believe in you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where transformation is, is like, I believe in you so much. The school just ponied up the money to do this. Now go and do something. Cause, cause even further to my sandbox analogy was, you know, I started using the the units a little bit in, in my design classes, you know, there, but then I started an after-school club where there were less, yeah. less and that it's that after-school club that, that I started that we, you know, the seeds have been sort of planted now. And the, the, these kids are, are either sharing with others and they're coming up with their own passion projects related to it or, or thinking of ways like, you know, visiting Mumbai uh, with the VR headset to help them with these projects they're doing. So, you know, having less rules sometimes breeds, breeds creativity. I totally agree in in ways that we've never thought of before. And that's your whole point in ways that we haven't thought of before. Because that's one of the reasons why I said, you know, where do you think this is going? And, and in some ways the correct answer is I don't know. And that's okay. Um, I I deal, I do with this all the time. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm getting to the point of being exhausted and working with schools because if everything isn't a hundred percent laid out, and a guarantee, um, then we ain't going to try it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're missing the point. Yes. Um, the, the whole point is, you know, you shouldn't know everything, that everything is going to be a little differently. And, and I've got some schools like, hey, we want ex- an innovation class exactly like yours. I'm like, well, it's not going to be mm-hmm. by definition because it's going to be based in Alberta, you know? And, and um, I, I, I love just hearing your mindset and your students' mindset of uh, we have this tool, now let's go use something. And the fact that you guys identify the tool. I, 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 <laughs> I, I hate to say this, the, that the maker movement has come and gone because that'd be wrong. But I've seen a lot of schools go, I heard, I heard that if we buy a 3D printer, we'll have a maker space. Mm. So then they go and they buy a bunch of stuff without asking their students what they would do with it or if they need it. And then they're like, we have a 3D printer. I'm like, okay, what are your students doing with it? Well, they're not. Um, because the students didn't find it. The school said, you should work on this. Well, that's like, you know, if I found a really nice boy and I said, hey, to my daughter, you should date this boy. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But if, you know, if you, so the students say, oh my gosh, you know, we've got this lab and we'd love to prototype this thing. And if we just had a, uh, if we just had a 3D printer or had access to one for like two days, this would be, now you should be interested in it. Now your school might think about sinking money because now the, the students have skin in the game. 
they're not just buying it because you're buying it. And I, I, I can't say that enough. Like some of the schools that just go out of their way and buy the latest thing and then it just collects dust. What a waste of taxpayer money. And further to that, like, you know, having a genius hour, 20% time that's done really well. And by really well, I mean, you know, don't give them this, you know, recipe of a design challenge or whatever. And, you know, the kids, you just have, to, you know what, you just have to trust that there's going to be this open-endedness and some kids are going to are thrive, are going to thrive and they're going to come up with amazing things. And you know what, some kids are going to crash and burn and that, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, there's so much to say on that. Yes and no. Um, here's where the parents and, and even the students are like, but what about the grade? And I think that's the the misconception that obviously you get that others don't is like, so my student tried to do this thing and it didn't work out. They fail, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no. You know, well, then what do you grade? You grade their journey. You grade their process. You grade their reflection. You grade the the connections they made, you know, not just because their their project didn't work 100%. So. Anyway, I, I yeah, you, you, uh, again, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is, is for this reason. Like, you guys have identified a new tool, and now you're finding out all the different things you can do with it. Like, again, I'm borrowing from somebody else's quote, but they're like, everybody knows that five plus five equals 10, but what two things equal 10? It's infinite. Yeah. So instead of saying this game plus this activity equals VR machine. You said you guys are like, we have a VR machine. What two things can we do? And I, I just love that. Just love that you're doing that. Well, and then further to that, thanks to, you know, people like you, I decided to start a podcast on it too. And yes. So you know, I'm, I'm on working on my episode three and I already connected with a guy from Montreal who said he's got one VR machine in their school. And so I'm like, yes, I need to talk to you. And so, you know, learning from others and then, you know, getting like, there's so much now that educators need to realize that they can get out of doing things like creating themselves. Well, that just made my day <laughs> right there. And I know I seriously, like I, uh, I love that. I love it because uh, thank you for even giving me credit, small credit that I've inspired you to do your own podcast. Awesome. And then the fact that now you're hearing back from people that they want to collaborate. Oh my gosh. Like I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. I, thank you. I just made my day. No and a matter of fact, uh, for, let's just now go to the shameless plugs, right? Uh, tell everybody about your podcast and then like where, so like somebody's listening to this right now going, dang, I never thought about that. I really want to get into VR. Let's, let's go into your podcast and where they can find you. Okay, well, so it's on iTunes, of course, and so the name of it is VR in Education, and, you know, I kind of lay out right now just the groundwork because VR is going to be new to a lot of people. You know, my first two episodes are basically why, why, why have VR in your school, and then episode number two, I do get into a bit of uh, looking at what what would this take for you to set something up like this in the school? But after that, you know, things will get crazy. I'll talk about, you know, creation apps and I'll talk about, you know, stories of kids. Like I talked about the, the boy that ended up doing the, trying to figure out whether there's a link between getting someone more, less fear of heights. And, you know, I've got this teacher from Montreal who I'm going to interview and, 
And so it's it's ever evolving as most podcasts, but you know, it'll have a little bit of everything in it. I love it. All right, Craig. So now tell everybody where they can find you at. They somebody's got a burning question, they want to get a hold of you. What Twitter, email, what do you got? What Twitter's best? So my Twitter handle is at C Frelic Teach. So C is in the letter C, and then my last name, F-R-E-H-L-I-C-H, and then teach. It's probably the best way. All right, there you guys go. Uh, this was an action-packed, punchy. I love it. Uh, and and I love the fact you had a call to action. And I totally am down with, like, man, start that podcast. And and And, you know, Craig's thing was the VR. And so whatever your thing is, you know, I, I believe in that. And, and I even started off my podcast, like if my, if the only person listening to that is my mom and dad, well, I'd actually be a little bit disappointed, but um, like just me having an excuse of being able to talk to other people about things that I'm passionate about. And then here you go, you started yours. And now all of a sudden you're getting feedback from people that are equally as passionate about VR. And I just, uh, you know, yeah. I, my day's made. I just, seriously, that, that, that is, that is so cool. And I'm um, so. Yeah. All right. Well, there you guys go. I mean, I highly recommend you reach out to Craig. Obviously, um, he's he's just starting this journey. Um, and, and that's just it. There is like right now in VR, I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of quote unquote experts. We're all learning at the same time. And it's an interesting area to be in. Um, and what a unique opportunity for our students to have. So there you go. Thanks, Don. Oh, Craig, it, my pleasure. Seriously, it's uh, it's been awesome, and I'm inspired by what you're doing. And uh, we'll have to, um, you know, later in the future, have some of your students on, and, and we'll talk about some of the things that they're they're doing. They'd love that. All right, Craig, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, reach out to them, and thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me.